Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest Chris Jarvis. Chris has the number one most watched TED Talk of 2022 with over 2 million views since March. He started eight different companies and is known as a financial fixer who has been hired by hundreds of millionaires and even a handful of billionaires. He's authored 16 books. He has been the Jack Canfield's VP of Strategic Partnerships, and his true love is entrepreneurship and helping people find better paths. In today's episode, we dive into finding your wild factor. Have a listen. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have special guest Chris Jarvis on the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Jeff, thank you for having me. It is my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Your hidden edge. What is it? Let's get to it. And then we'll dive in with some questions and really have a great discussion around it. Sure. Uh, hidden edge. I guess if I share it, then it won't be so hidden. But <laughs> the, um, I, I think the thing that I figured out over the last 30 years or so of helping really, really successful people. Um, a big part of that in the financial world is when everybody is selling commodity products and there's nothing that's truly that unique, what allows somebody to attract more clients, more customers, deeper relationships, make more money? What is it? And what I find is that it's it's about solving their problems. It's about you know, the answer comes from asking questions. It doesn't come from telling people what you know, but from being curious. Um, a friend of mine, David Meltzer, has a, a quote at the end of, of some of his sign-offs is, um, don't worry about being interesting, be interested. And, and I love that. I love that idea of it's about the, the answers are out there, but they're all in the questions you ask, how often you ask, what you ask, how you ask it. And really, so I think the big edge for me is uh, curiosity, something that started as a kid with uh, taking all my toys apart and trying to figure out how they work. Okay. I guess, I guess uh, dressing up, uh, you know, Batman like Spider Man, you know, I guess, I guess, despite my parents' greatest fears, you know, luckily had some positive uh, turn it turn into something positive. Okay, so many times people are, if I'm I'm hearing you right, they say, "Hey, here's the advice," rather than ask the question of why are you feeling that way, why are you thinking that way. Take us through kind of a scenario. That, yeah. So, that be- well. I teach sales. I teach a lot of things, uh, entrepreneurship, finance, sales training, marketing, life coaching. I mean, I teach a lot of different things because I just love, I just love to teach. Mm-hmm. And in sales training, you'll often hear these people will talk about overcoming objections, which I think is complete and utter bullshit because if there's an objection, it's because you haven't explained it right. Or okay. you haven't, you haven't interacted with the client in a way that, they believe that you understand them and understand what's important. And you've explained to them how something you recommend solves, you know, solves the problem and addresses the concerns they have. That's to me, if it's done right, there shouldn't be an objection. It's all about, you got to a, you got to a place 
together. That when someone has an objection, it's because what you're presenting doesn't appear to solve the problem somebody else has. So understanding the person and when someone says, oh, I want this, whatever it might be, don't just start with, great, well, what you ask is what I do and look at my resume and hear all the people and wouldn't it be great if we had this and you start working into all the the closing questions and all you know all that dialogue. Mm-hmm. I, I find the answer is, why do you think you need that? Or what do you think it's going to accomplish? What else could accomplish that? What, you know, why do you feel that way? Just, just try to get to the bottom of um, understanding people and being curious why somebody wants something is a big, is a big deal. People, people buy from folks or work with people. You know, some people will say they buy from somebody they like, which is true, but they need to know that you can do the job. So there's a competency. And I'll assume everybody who's on this podcast is somewhat competent at the thing that you're trying to offer. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be doing it. Uh, and but the other piece is people want to feel understood and they want to feel that you understand them and what they want, why they want it, when they want it, how they want it. Like it's that understanding of have you you may know the answer. And most of the time in a financial or business situation, I have a pretty good idea what the answer is seven minutes into the conversation. But that's blurting it out with, this isn't family feud. And I'm trying to get the first answer on the board and be as fast as I can. There's no buzzer. I'm slapping. Like, aha, you, you know, intervention, you need intervention. <laughs> like that's, right. that's not going to go so well mm-hmm. versus getting somebody else to come to the place of, I think I need an intervention. You know, how do you get there? It comes from asking, asking questions. No, I love, I love that fact. And it's <laughs> something just popped into my mind that I've struggled with, with, just my relationship with my wife when we were first married is she would start talking about some issue and I'm immediately thinking about how to fix it rather than listening and asking questions. So it, it just kind of really resonated with me as you were talking through that. I'm like, yep, that, that used to be me. Uh, I'm still a work in progress, but I've gotten a lot better as far as just listening, hearing and saying, do you want my advice or you just want me to, uh, to listen? Now, as, as a disclosure for everybody listening, I, I, I'm okay with being called a financial expert or financial fixer. I've been called that a lot. Uh, I'm comfortable being called an entrepreneurial or business expert or consultant. I am not at all comfortable being called a marriage consultant or, or, or a relationship expert. That is not my wheelhouse. And I would argue that um, you know those things that work great in the workplace may or may not work great at home. It's up to you to figure that out. I cannot help you. Yeah, no, 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 very true. It just, it just popped into my head. No, I, like, I, my goodness. Yeah, I totally get just that people want to be heard and, and asking questions is a great way to understand and get to a, to a deeper level that they're they're talking through. So uh, let, me, totally. let, me throw, let me interrupt you for one second, which yeah. is usually your job on your podcast. But the um, more and more, the thing that has made me successful over the last 25, 30 years is actually even more important today. And it's not because I've mastered it and I want to try and sell it, but it's, it's important now because everything is getting automated mm-hmm. and systematized and everybody has their click funnels and people have, you can buy anything online and Amazon has made it really easy for you to purchase things. I don't know that they've made it easy for you to shop, but they certainly have, or issue spot, but they've certainly made it easy for you to buy something. So if you know that you need, a certain tire or you need a certain device or a certain phone or a certain webcam or a certain whatever it is. I need a 28 foot long hose, garden hose made of this with this bib. And yeah, okay. Like you can find it and shop it, but, right. but that's not telling you whether or not that's the right way for you to irrigate. 
or that's the right way for you to grow, you know, should you be watering it that way? Do you need a sprinkler? Do you need an irrigation? Do you need, you know, what, what is it you think you need the hose for? Um, and so today, because everything is becoming so automated, people's interest in connecting, the need to connect is even greater. And then throw on top of it, the challenges with COVID, um, there has been a massive rebound to online, from online to in-person events that people would like to do something in person mm -hmm. desperately. I mean, during COVID, a million comedy specials were released. And now it's, I mean, it used to be, I love comedy and stand-up comedy. And it used to be, you go someplace and there'd be a hundred people or 200 people. And I've been to two events in the last um, three months here in Dallas with 16,000 people. Wow. Well, three events actually with 16 to 20,000 people to see comics. One comic, not like, you know, a circus with a whole bunch of, you know, stages, but one person filling up a room. So, hey, it's, th there's a need and people do feel that need to want to, want to be, um, even if they know it's not customized a hundred percent, the idea that they feel you've listened and found a way mm -hmm. is super important in my experience. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Asking questions, pausing and getting to a deeper level, a deeper level of understanding and that, that human connection that so many times since automation has taken such a step in the forefront, right? We can, we can automate everything. We're, we're losing that human touch and that human connection, which is, which is human nature. We, we want to be connected. We want to have these discussions. We want to have those interactions and it's a, essential for us as, as human beings. So love that piece. So let's get into find your wild factor. I know you've written a ton of books. This is an interesting one. Dive into that and then let's, uh, let's, let's unpack it a bit. Yeah, I've written, uh, it's embarrassing, it's 16 or 17 books, somewhere in there. And I'd say the first 12 I wrote for the purpose of making money, getting people, okay. they were financial books, they were targeted audiences at business owners or physicians, all about trying to show everybody how smart I was and try and get new clients. And that, that was the driver. Mm -hmm. And I think one or two of them briefly hit a bestseller list. Okay. Since then, and since selling my company, in 2016, the last four have all been bestsellers. And the drive of those has been to connect with people and get people to think differently. So I'm sure that's not an accident, you know, with the point that we just discussed that people are more interested in. Um, since I did Six Secrets to Leveraging Success and then Giraffe Money, um, I did a collaboration book with Jack Canfield, which I guess I really wouldn't count because there's other authors in that. And then, uh, and then I just did Go Wild and I have Be the Giraffe in the Can that's about to be released. So Go wild in the wild factor. What is this one about? Uh, this one is people are different. And in four minutes, you can take a 20 question test that will tell you whether you are an eagle, an elephant, a monkey, a dolphin, or a penguin. Okay. And if you want to know what that means, you'll have to actually take the quiz. Um, normally, this quiz is uh, 1995. Everybody in your group gets to get it for free. Um, we haven't decided what period of time yet, Jeff, but for the next foreseeable future, the next few days, week, anybody who wants to take the wild factor can get it for free by just getting, by putting in edge as the password. Uh, what this does is it, I built this because what I found working with really rich people for the last 30 years is people who want to save taxes, make a lot of money. People who make a lot of money do a lot of wacky shit. And so a lot of people ask me, what is that wacky stuff that people do to get to the next level? And I spend a lot of time teaching that. I have rich people who ask me to solve their financial problems that nobody can solve. And I do that relatively well and it's profitable. Um, but what's interesting is these people get really successful and then ultimately a great percentage of them are unfulfilled. 
because okay. they've been doing what other people wanted them to do, or they did something really, you know, something significant that there's a lot of people hiring life coaches and hiring other folks to help them figure out executive coaches, what should they be doing or what else could they be doing? Um, or why are they unhappy when people say you should be so happy, you have it so good. And mm -hmm. you know, your response is you want to flip them off or, you know, you may have some other, you know, some other response to that, but it's usually not thank you for the good advice that I built this assessment, spent a couple of years and a couple hundred thousand dollars building it to simplify it so that one, it would be memorable because some personality tests, you're a seven or a six or a blue or a red, and it's kind of hard to remember what that means. Right. If you're a monkey, you have a pretty good idea that of the health, finances, career, relationships, and fun, which one monkey stands for, right? That would be the fun one. So, um, so I built something that plays to that and it uses the different characteristics of each of the five animals, how they work, how do we use those to get our lives um, on track? It gives you it gives you a score in your life in each of the five areas, finances, health, relationships, um, career, and fun. So we have something to work toward. A lot of us say we want our lives to be better and against what, right? At any, at any snapshot, you ask somebody how their life is. If they were up all night with a screaming baby, you're going to ask them in the morning how their life was. They're going to say, not so great. Right. right. You're exhausted. You feel terrible. You're out of your routine. Um, you ask somebody the day after they have a big sale or something else, they might tell you everything's great, even though everything leading up to it was a disaster. So this, this allows you to grade your life, have scores and check them over time. It allows you to also realize what's really different about this particular assessment is it's behavior based. It's not, it's not um, preference based. So preference would be assuming the disproportionate, a lot of people would rather be outside than in a cubicle. People would rather be working with people than alone, not everybody. Um, but those preferences are not realistic. So what, if we're trying to change our lives, we have to change our behaviors, not change our desires. Mm -hmm. right, so the idea of like something doesn't meet your expectations, lower your expectations. I'm not, I'm not a proponent of that. It's let's change the behaviors we have. So right. this, this measures how often we trade off. How often do you sacrifice your health for money? How often do you sacrifice your relationships for your career? How often do you sacrifice your career for not wanting to have conflict? You know, this, this, this is all about the behaviors and the conflicts in our life. So it allows us to figure out how to leverage our strengths, how to be careful not to be too much of something because they can be too much of a good thing. I mentioned the monkey, you could be a lot of fun, mm -hmm. but sometimes humor lightens the, you know, lightens the, um, kind of the air in a, in a, in a, in a spot, but other times it can be seen as you're too much of a jokester and you're not particularly sensitive, right? right. Or, or you're always joking around at work. You don't take things seriously. So you can be fun, but don't be too fun. Where's that right spot and how do you recognize the other people and how they're seeing it? So it's, it's quick because I spent years trying to whittle it down to make it shorter. So mm -hmm. there's the wild factor quiz, which is free for your audience with the password edge. There's the go wild book. And then there's the uncaged course, which is eight hours of material, nine hours of material online with some live stuff. And so I did that because I needed a tool to help people get somewhere, get there fast, be memorable for business owners. They needed a way to connect with their customers, connect with their staff, help feel connect to the people felt like they were heard because you you should handle people differently. You shouldn't treat every customer and every employee the same. You shouldn't have one newsletter. You shouldn't have one compensation plan or incentive plan. You shouldn't, it just doesn't make any sense. We, you know, we all have, well, I shouldn't say all, if you have two children, the way to prove this point, as I continue on this rant is, um, 
is if you had two kids, think about think about a time that you were a great parent to one of your kids. The kid had a problem and you handled it well. And maybe it was a carrot, maybe it was a stick, maybe it was a shoulder to cry on, maybe it was just a supportive word, maybe it was a kick in the ass. It could have been any number of things. Right. Um, we had to kick our son out of the house twice and send him away to you know boarding school. And it, uh, it helped him a lot, but it wasn't an easy thing to do. Right. right. And but now think of your next kid or any other kid you have in your family having the same problem and imagine you handled it the same exact way. How would that kid have responded? And when I ask that question live, there's usually snickers, laughing. There might be an expletive or two yelled out. You know, like there's a lot of interesting things. And I'd say, what? It wouldn't work? And there's always this, no. Right. Well, well why not? Not these, because the kids are different. Okay. Same parents, same house, same lifestyle, just you know, a couple of years apart. Yeah. Well, then why doesn't it work? Because they're really different. Okay. So we can appreciate that if we have two kids, they can't be parented the same. And if you don't have children yet, if you have a younger audience, think about you and a sibling. You know, were you, were you two different? Did you handle things the same way? Some kids like being challenged. Some kids hated it. Mm -hmm. um, we know that we have to treat our children completely differently, yet we get to the workplace and assume everybody's going to work well under the exact same set of rules. Send the same email with the same value proposition. Some people, it's not going to be about the ROI. For some people, it's going to be, is this going to be fun for me to do? Somebody else is going to wonder what other people are going to think about them when they when they post something or repost something. Someone else right. is going to wonder, is this thing consistent with my my vision and my my life and my purpose? Somebody else is going to just go, what is this going to do for me? And we, all, and we all look at those things differently. So this helps open people's minds and I've found in, in business settings, when people take it and give it to their significant others, they give it to their kids or they give it to adult kids or their parents or employees, clients, it creates really interesting conversations on, oh, your, your number one score is elephant. My, that's my last one. What, what does that mean? And how do you see this? And just, it just creates a different, I just find that it's easier for people to grasp the fact that an eagle and a penguin are both birds, but they're way different. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows that. Right. I mean, like that's, that's a pretty easy one to see. They just that one has giant talons. The other is kind of goofy wearing its little tuxedo. Right. Like, you know, one's playful and one's quite ferocious, you know, majestic, but certainly scary. It's the same time um, that it just I find that when people use this wild fact, they learn things about themselves, but they also become much more curious about other people. So it stimulates conversations about who the people are, which is much more important than talking about people's needs for a sale or you know, something else. So this is my, I really, I really like this piece because it's, it's taken um, very different from what a billionaires do with their money or how do you invest in private equity or, you know, things that are um, really profitable for some folks that I've written on in the past. But this one is about people and connections, which at the end of the day, good God, what's more important than, and, and when has it been a, a time where we've needed connections more? Right. Yeah, so 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 true, and I will uh, I'll have the link Notes. and the uh, code in the in the show notes so people can can grab that because it's a great self discovery piece to understand how do you rank, what's your <laughs> dominating factor, right? And then it's great because then you can think about how others might be in a different way, and it's so true. So many times we operate and feel people are our way and they have a total different set of values 
of likes once. And so many times we're just projecting that out. We don't take time to really say, okay, Chris is different than I am. I need to discover how his priorities might be, his values might be before we kind of dive into other things. So I, I really like that. You know, you, you had mentioned something related to a lot of the rich and wealthy people you work for work with and everybody asks, what do they do? It's a couple of things that they, we shouldn't do, or they've done that you would recommend others don't do in, in the process. Right. Of- yeah, that's a, that's a great question. There, there is a lot of follow the leader that people ask, what is it? What do you do and how do you get there? Mm-hmm. And what I found in the six secrets to leveraging success book, draft money book, and in building the be the draft course that when I interviewed hundreds of really successful people, Okay. And I asked every single one of them because again, I'm an entrepreneur myself and I teach entrepreneurship at a couple of different schools. Um, I'm a venture partner at a venture studio, plus an investor in fintech company that launches startups. And so like that is my love of startups and entrepreneurship is my that is my love, even though I make a lot of money on the financial side. It's the entrepreneurship that I really do love mm-hmm. that. What's interesting is there's a lot of ways to make two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year. I'd argue that if we sat down and had more time, I could probably come up with a hundred ways and tell you how to do it. Now, it doesn't mean everybody would execute that, but you could, you could take the MCAT and go to med school and be any one of 60 subspecialties and make $250,000 a year, if not considerably more than that. I mean, those are, those are some of the paths. You could do the same thing with the LSAT in law school. You could go to law school and that could happen. You could go to business school and go into investment banking or go into, Management consulting or any number of things. You could become a big five accounting firm uh, partner and make three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, you could own two or three McDonald's. You could. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that you could do to make two, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Gotcha. I'd, I'd argue there's no path to making two million dollars a year. And so, an article. Um, one of the articles that I, I write about professionals and I've written about doctors and about lawyers is that doctors and lawyers make terrible millionaires because once you get to a place where you can get paid really well for doing something, mm-hmm. it's really hard for you to break free. Gotcha. And it's kind of that, what would you gamble? I think the statistics are you're more likely to be a billionaire in the United States if you weren't born here which is a really interesting statistic Mm -hmm. that if you were born poor and you came here as an immigrant, your odds of becoming a billionaire are actually better than if you grew up here. And the reasoning behind that is, there's a couple of things, but if you want to live a comfortable lifestyle and you came from a family with some, with some means, you can go to college and get a degree and possibly get a professional certification or maybe go to graduate school or do something else. And then somebody will pay you well for the education you have. Right. But because you're making a hundred thousand, 200,000, $300,000 a year, the odds of you chucking it to go launch some crazy new business. Right. Very are slim. way less than the person who's, who's working at discount tire, but wants to live a good life and they will never get it. So the only way to have, the only way to have, a decent life, like a pretty good life is to build something yourself, which may ultimately give you something way better than a pretty good life. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us can do things for the pretty good life by using our education, our connections, our upbringing, whatever it is. So you're forced if you want to live just reasonably well 
there's easy ways to do it. And so as a result, we find that people, people who have some success, in my experience, never have a lot of success because it's too much for them to give up. It's really complicated. So I call it breaking free from the herd. I use the giraffe metaphor a lot that a giraffe's a non-territorial animal. It doesn't, I mean, it's territorial, but it's not migratory. So unlike zebra and wildebeest that work in a very, that follow the, the reins and have a pretty, pretty set migration pattern, they get what the herd gets because of the safety in the herd thing. So okay. you're not going to, you're not going to be an accountant and make five times as much as your other friends. I find that that's one of the, one of the lessons I teach a lot is that people want to be outliers. If you think about the normal distribution, I'm not going to take people through a statistics lesson and put them completely to sleep, but <laughs> people want to be way out in the tail, which is the small percentage of people who have a lot more money than everybody else, right? A normal distribution right. doesn't mean that we're all the same. It just means there's more people close to the average than there are on either end. So if the average height of a man in the United States is five foot eight, you'd expect a lot of people five, nine, five, eight, five, seven, you'd expect not a lot of seven footers and not a lot of four foot three people, right? right? You, you just would expect that to be the case, right? Mm -hmm. And, but that still means you have outliers. So the problem economically is that everybody wants to be an outlier, but psychologically, they're afraid of being outcasts. And the truth is, you can't have both. You gotcha. can't be just like everybody else, and end up with five times as much money. Like that isn't going to happen. You can't be one of the guys and just, and I mean that gender neutrally, mm -hmm. and have more money and success than everybody else. If you do, it's luck. So you have to put yourself out there. You have to take risks. You have to do things differently mm -hmm. because that's how you get there. So this whole having great success, everybody that I interview, when I ask them about their best idea, said, do you remember your best idea? Every single one of them looked at me like I was crazy. They can, I mean, do I remember my best idea? Of course I remember my best idea. It's why... You know, it's what I've won all these awards for. It's why I have this house right. or this lake house or this plane or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, great. Do you remember when you had it? You're going to get the same look of craziness. Of course, I remember when I got the idea. Do you remember what people said when you told them? And I think 95% of people said the same exact thing. I said, what did they say to you when you told people? Your friends, your family, your spouse, your parents, your kids, your business partner, your employer, your colleagues. And they all said the same thing. They all said, you're bleeping nuts. Right. Or you're bleeping crazy. Or you're like, that was, it was three words. Yeah. The middle one was an expletive. The first one was you or your, and right. the last one was crazy. You're nuts or out of your mind or whatever the phrase was. Every single one of them said the same thing. It was amazing. And that's because everything that's super successful has never been done before. And so that's how you get to great levels of success is by doing something completely different, breaking free from the herd, not being afraid to be an outlier and taking chances and doing something that there is no path for, that you're going to have to do some trailblazing and on the way, and you'll have to change your path a little bit. And it's not, it's not clear. You can be successful by following the herd and saying, I want to be, I want to own five McDonald's. I want to have, right. I want to be a partner at. PricewaterhouseCoopers, I want to be a partner at a law firm. You, you can do it. It's absolutely possible. But there's a cap on that. And you won't get to the next level. So there's and some people aren't comfortable with that. I, I've met folks who said, you know, I, I got a pretty steady job, and I kind of like the security of it. It's like, well, then don't apologize. Right. That's a, if you can be happy being don't ever feel bad about being content with what you have. That's a gift. If you can, if you get there, be really happy about being there. There's no reason to disrupt that.
And, but for the rest of, you know, I shouldn't say the rest of us, but for those of us who are looking for other things, either we just haven't found that thing or there's something else driving you. And that's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. It drives you to great success, but at the same time, it's um, like, it doesn't stop though. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The fire fire under your butt doesn't stop burning, you know, just, just because, uh, you know, you've gone just because you're, you're somewhere nice. Right. Right. So, so true. No, I appreciate that. And that, that journey kind of took us through and amazing how 95% of those that you, you spoke to said, said that that's, that's a great, the, the exact thing. Yeah. It's, is- a, it's so, so amazing. Great, great piece of wisdom to, for, for my listeners to kind of chew on uh, from that and just take it and, and really think about it and ask yourself some, some difficult questions. If you're in that space of, Hey, do I want this or do I want to stay with the pack and and be kind of a little bit more safe and and certain from that perspective? Yep. And, and I think if you take the wild factor, you're going to see your scores and see you're going to learn what your what your dominant voice in your head is, and you're going to learn what you're quick to sacrifice. And either you're okay with those or you're not. But at least you'll understand some of your behaviors, some of the ways that you're different. And I think when you start to appreciate who you are and 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 really understand who you are, what makes you different, what you like, what you may not like, what your natural tendencies are, then it becomes a whole lot easier to match those things. I know for me, when people ask to hire me, I'm really quick to tell them who I'm not because I don't want to have to fulfill expectations that are things that I can't, I can't do. If you want me to organize all your stuff and make sure you stay on track and I'm not that, I I got three teenagers. I can't wrangle. I can't add a fourth. (laughs) Like that's just not my and that's not my, it's just not my wheelhouse. I like the freedom of, you can call me to set up the next appointment or not, but I'm not going to nag you. I'll give you great stuff, but you have to do the work too. Um, I'm not going to push. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to push that hard unless you tell me to. Um, but I'm not the organizational design guy who's going to get into all the processes and procedures. If you want cool strategic vision and you want to look at things in a way nobody else has, I, I don't know anybody better, but I, but I am not your... I'm not your org design guy. <laughs> like that's you. just, that is not, you know, I'm not doing Six Sigma. I'm not doing operational management. It's just, it's not my, I can see the pieces, but I'm not going to sit there on the factory floor and start testing equipment. And you right. know, like, that's just not me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Chris, where can, uh, I appreciate our, our discussion today. Where can people find you? Uh, Chris Jarvis dot me is a bunch of stuff there. Instagram, Chris Ray Jarvis. I'm on LinkedIn. I've got the number one Ted talk in the, in the world right now. Uh, surviving ain't thriving, which is, um, which if you put Chris Jarvis Ted talk, I think you'll find it. Um, <laughs> since a couple million other people have, uh, I say, check those things out and all the books and articles and other appearances and things are all on there. So if I can be of some assistance in some way, let me know. And please take the wild factor at Chris. Well, you'll see it in the notes, but it's chrisjarvis.me slash wild factor and uh, use the code edge and you will get it for free. And you get a custom 15 page report that gets sent to your email. So it's, um, it's something I think you'll find really valuable and help you with your life one way or another. Awesome. Chris, appreciate you being on the show. Jeff, it's my pleasure. Thank you again, my friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement, part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We are stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. 
together we can empower others and connected we can make a dent in the universe.